0: Today's reading is um, in John, chapter 21, to be found on page 1090 of the Church Bibles. 1090. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee... towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "'Bring some of the fish you have just caught.' So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn." Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead.
1: Thank you, Jill, very much. We're going to um, pray now, so let me just lead us in a short prayer. Father, we pray you'd speak to us through your word now. Help us to understand this rightly. And uh, Lord, we pray it might make a difference to our thinking, to our believing, to our living. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, within a few days of arriving in Hove, 12 and a half years ago, we were told Carrots Café, on the seaside of Shoreham Power Station uh, was the place to go for breakfast and uh, I suppose I've been there fairly regularly ever since but I think there are better places for breakfast to be honest and uh, uh, so for instance on the staff when someone arrives or leaves uh, then we go out for breakfast and so when Chris retired uh, uh, two or three weeks back we went to the v cafe on Holland Road for breakfast I can certainly recommend that um, and as a family, we have our favorite breakfast haunts. And uh, Bill's and Lewis is probably uh, top of the list. We were there with our boys uh, just this week. Oh, in fact, and Cat and Sam as well. So uh, there's nothing quite like a good breakfast. So uh, uh, so I'm naturally drawn to John chapter 21. And uh, we're looking at verses 1 to 14 here. And it's clearly a good breakfast, isn't it? Nothing like a good breakfast. And it uh, has lots to teach us because... Uh, In the context of this third resurrection appearance of Jesus, uh, I've called this morning's sermon this, John 21, 1 to 14, and we're thinking about the complete resurrection. I'll explain more about that just a little bit later on. Uh, But first, let's be clear that this was uh, authentic, uh, an authentic resurrection. The boys have gone back home. Uh, Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a little bit more after Easter Sunday now. And they're back up north in Galilee. uh, And there are seven of them there. They're back by the Sea of Galilee. uh, They're back with the boats. Simon Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And two others, one of whom was John, who wrote this. And then one evening, Simon Peter uh, tells the others he's going fishing. And they say, well, we'll come too. And uh, when you've got to eat, you know, uh, and they have a rubbish time; they catch absolutely nothing. And it looks, doesn't it, as if they're uh, they're just back to the day job. It's all over. Those appearances back in Jerusalem last weekend, and so on, just a flash in the pan. Don't quite know how to explain, but they're now back home, and they've got to earn a living, so they're going fishing. And there's no expectation here that life is going to be any different now. There's uh, none at all. And as the eastern sky is just beginning to brighten over the Sea of Galilee, there's a man on the shore. And the seven men in the boats don't realize who it is. You look at verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. They're about 100 meters out. Uh, but sound travels well over calm water, doesn't it? And he calls out to them. End of verse 5. Um, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And uh, they still don't understand, they still don't recognize him. Um, but for some reason, when he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some, and they did in verse 6 there, and then they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And then there's John in the boat. So you look at the beginning of verse 7, the disciple whom Jesus loves That's his characteristic way of talking about himself. Uh, wouldn't necessarily want to say that, you know, he wouldn't want to say that, well, I was a man who recognized that it was Jesus. But he says to Peter, uh, it <clears throat> must have been quietly in his ear. He must have just said to Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And Peter needs no second invitation. He's down to his underwear while fishing and uh, so he makes himself decent and he crashes into the water. I reckon Peter was quite a big guy really and he makes for the land leaving his friends with the boat and the fish and they struggle in a few minutes later and there's a barbecue on the beach. Look at verse 9 and Jesus tells them to bring some fish they've caught and Simon Peter uh, single-handedly it seems drags the net ashore. Uh, It must have been incredibly heavy. And I reckon he must have been incredibly strong. And then someone counted the fish and there were 153. And then they have a barbecue on the beach uh, as the sun is coming up over the Sea of Galilee. Well, what makes this authentic? What makes this real? Why do I say this is, this is authentic? Well, the first thing to say uh, is that it was some unexpected. The disciples are back home and they're back at work. They're on Hove Station for the uh, um, 710 train up to London, or more like the an earlier one, 638 or something. They're in the queue on Old Shoreham Road. They're back at their desks. They're at the school gates. And why would you make this up and then die for it? Because actually a significant number of those seven men there, we know they died for their faith in his risen Jesus. Uh, it is just doesn't make sense, does it? And the sheer unexpectedness here adds to the authenticity. The second thing we need to note is that this was an eyewitness account. John was there himself. We know that John, who wrote this gospel, calls himself the one Jesus loved. And he's here again. Verse 7, he's in the boat. He was there. He was, this is an eyewitness, a first-hand account. He saw it. And he wrote it down so that we would know what has happened. And so that we too might believe. That's why, just a, a, just a fraction before this, look at the top of page 1090. And it's that little paragraph there, the purpose of John's gospel. And it says in verse 7, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is an eyewitness account written down for us so that we may believe and that by believing we may have life. That is eternal life. That is eternal life starting now and going blasting through death and going on for eternity in heaven. And then the other thing to say about this, which makes it authentic, is this was an unexpected appearance. In other words, what Jesus looked like was unexpected. He was different. So we've seen there's an unexpected appearing. They They weren't looking out for Jesus to appear to them on the seashore there, but also an unexpected appearance. Jesus looked a bit different. Now, we've seen that he wasn't recognized by the disciples. They saw him, but they had no idea that it was Jesus. They heard him, but they had no idea that it was Jesus. Until John got it, and he told Peter. And and then, look at verse 12 here. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. That's a bit curious, isn't it? I wonder what that means. Why has John phrased it in that kind of way? What's it saying? Jesus looked a bit different, didn't he? And we saw last Sunday in the evening, if you just glance back to chapter 20 and verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And we know that the resurrected Jesus, his body, was to some extent different. A different kind of body. Not like the body he had before. There were differences. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be speculating beyond what we see here. But we do see that Jesus' body is now different. He has a resurrection body. It's physical, but it's also beyond physical not bound or hindered by physical boundaries like walls as we are. And yet he was recognisable because of those physical qualities, the sound of his voice and so on. A body that Mary could cling to, that Thomas could put his finger into his side or his fist into Jesus. side, so his finger into uh, uh, Jesus' wrists and his uh, plunge, his Fist into Jesus' side, a body with form and feeling, a recognizable body, and yet a body loosed from some of the limitations of fallen human bodies. And with this, a pointer. A pointer for us to the bodies that we will have in the new heaven and the new earth. For we will have bodies there, recognizable bodies somehow. Communicating bodies, restored bodies, sin free bodies, unaged bodies, unill bodies. Now, we must be careful not to take this too far. What we have here is just a glimpse. Just a glimpse. It's not a full picture, but a glimpse of Jesus' post resurrection body. And it would be right, I think, to draw some kind of parallel with our post-resurrection bodies, our bodies in the new heaven and the new earth. Wouldn't it be right to call Jesus' body perhaps even some kind of prototype? We only catch a glimpse, but it gives us an idea. And for those of us who um, uh, look back to the first part of this year or 2016 as a year of loss, the great sadness, I hope this encourages us. And for those of us who look ahead to the rest of 2017 and in 2018 with a certain apprehension and concern, I hope this excites us with the prospects of a renewed body in a renewed world. It is only a glimpse, an intriguing one, but it is only a glimpse. But enough, I believe, to encourage and to excite us. Not enough to build a whole theology, but actually significant and encouraging. And then one more thing on this. It was a complete resurrection. A complete resurrection. Look at verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead john likes his symbolism so he'll be attracted to the fact that in the bible something happens three times then we're thinking completeness totality a complete resurrection john's gospel there won't be any more appearances there won't be any need for any more appearances what he's saying is three's enough you want to be sure that Jesus came back from his head? Well, he's done it three times. Three appearances. That's all you need. It's complete. You can't have any more on the appearance list. It is full to bursting, is what he's saying. Uh, I've made my point, is what he's saying. So, yeah, Jesus appeared to Mary on his own. But actually we have three appearances to his disciples in the plural here. So, chapter 20 and verse... 16 is wonderful uh, but this time we have appearances to the disciples in prayer so the Sunday evening chapter 20 verses 19 to 23 a week later with Thomas chapter 20 verses 24 to 29 and now here by the lakeside on the Sea of Galilee John's saying we've got all the appearances we need we've got all the proof that we need Jesus is risen it's real it's complete the complete resurrection, there's no need to doubt it. Got to hear all that we would need to know and to be sure. It means we can be confident that Jesus really did come back from the dead. You ever doubt it? Well, John says, why not read John chapter 20? There are three appearances. My list is complete. He's back. He's alive. Forevermore. Complete Resurrection. Second main point is this. Now what? Now what? How did you feel on Monday? As in last Monday. Bank holiday Monday. Had a wonderful Easter weekend, didn't we? I said to several people last Monday, it felt a bit like Boxing Day. Um, You know, you've had the great climax of Christmas. And then, oof, a wonderful weekend. Remembering Jesus' death and his resurrection. And then, now what? Now what? That is a question which is addressed by this passage. But it doesn't at first look like it. So what John is saying is that, guys, here's the resurrection. It is complete. Here's all the evidence that we need. Jesus is back from the dead. But what are we going to do now? What is the responsibility of Christian disciples now? They're having a barbecue on the beach. They've just caught a huge catch of fish. The neck should have been broken, 153 large fish. In verse 5 here, Jesus calls out to them, uh, well, when he says friends, it's kind of, we would probably say, boys or guys, um, haven't you any fish? And actually word for fish means tiddler. So basically he shouts out to them, guys, haven't you got any tiddlers? And he tells them to cast their nets on the other side of the boat, and they catch 153 big fish. Now, all sorts of people have tried to work out some uh, significance, this number 153. So, for instance, 153 is 17 times 3 times 3, and 17 is 12 plus 5. That's five loaves and 12 baskets of leftovers at the feeding of the 5,000. And there have been literally dozens of attempts to make 153 stand for something. So let me tell you definitively what 153 stands for. Okay, this is the answer. 153 stands for a lot of fish. Okay, that's all, just a huge number of fish. It's a miracle. Jesus is being kind. They're back to work. They've caught nothing, not even a tiddler. And he's kind to them. He's very kind to them. That's what 153 is all about. Uh, one of the commentators said, uh, if John uh, had, had, had a reason for this 153, if there was a particular reason for that with the symbolism and so on, then he's hidden it very well. Jesus serves them. These guys are tired, they're frustrated, they're disappointed, they're wet and probably cold. He cooks them a wonderful barbecue breakfast. Can't you just smell it? And in verse 13, he's feeding them. It's as simple as that. This is a picture for us. Jesus is feeding the apostles. I think this picture uh, uh, that we have here links into the next bit we're going to be uh, uh, um, preaching on um, uh, tonight, isn't it? And uh, here you see Jesus says, so verse 15, feed my lambs. Verse 16, take care of my sheep. Verse 17, feed my sheep. So Jesus is here, he's feeding the apostles, and then he tells a representative, and if you like, the leading apostle Peter, to do the feeding himself. Jesus well, now what? The resurrection? What do we do now? Jesus is saying, looking to the future, this is what my people need to do. Okay? I'm feeding you, and you need to feed them. I'm feeding you, the apostles, and the apostles, you need to feed my people. It's a, it's a, uh, one of those cascading things, right? I'm feeding you, you need to feed your people. So, What next? What do we do now? Now what? Well, uh, feed. Feed is the answer. This is a picture of now what. Now what do we do? Feed. The apostles need to feed on Jesus. We need to feed on Jesus. And how do we do that? We let the apostles feed us, the sheep. And how do we do that? We make sure you've got a Bible for a start. That's why we have Bibles in every chair here. We need to read it and think about what we read and pray about what we read and work out what to what to do about what we read. The trouble is so many people are, are just very ignorant about their Bibles, aren't they? Anne Robinson on The Weakest Link. Um, uh, here's a question, a genuine question. The Bible, New Testament. The four Gospels are written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and I can sit and paused rather a long time and then said Joe? See, so many people just have no idea these days and sadly that's in churches as well in fact it was Mahatma Gandhi who said you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces turn the world upside down and bring peace to a battle-torn planet but you treat it as though it is nothing more than a piece of literature Jesus fed the apostles. The apostles were then told to feed us. Jesus' sheep. Jesus' lambs. So if we're going to take this complete resurrection seriously, we've got to feed. We've got to get people into the situation where they can be more easily fed. And we need to do better at this, don't we? One of the things... I'd love us to see improving as a church is on these one-to-one. and just meeting with someone else to study the Bible together. And uh, all the staff are going to be making sure that uh, we're doing that with at least one person. Uh, and the idea is to do it with someone else who in six months or a year's time can then read the Bible with someone else. So we get a cascade. And uh, uh, if you feel you could do that. Uh, uh, to do a one-to-one with someone else you'd like to i'd love to hear from you and also we need a coordinator somebody who just keeps tabs on it and knows roughly what's going on maybe knows people who'd like to be in a one-to-one someone who might be able to lead a one-to-one would you like to do that see me afterwards but it's not just one-to-one we need to maximize the opportunities to feed on the apostles teaching the word of god there's bible by the beach next weekend over in eastbourne now as a church we've not been uh, traditionally we've not Uh, put many eggs in that particular basket because it's just uh, uh, two or three weeks usually before our own uh, church away weekend. But we could do both. The SGP course on Tuesdays and Saturdays. uh, I'd love more of us to be going on those in September. We're working hard to help our preachers preach better sermons. And if uh, we have other ideas to help us to feed better on the apostles' teaching, let me know. I don't have the monopoly of good ideas. We need to be taking our Bible seriously, don't we? We just need to be taking our Bible seriously. It is a diocesan year of the Bible. We need to be taking our Bible seriously. And then, one final point. We begin by talking about the complete resurrection. John only tells us that after... Jesus has fed the apostles in the boat with the barbecue breakfast. And I think one of the things that John is telling us is this. That the resurrection is only complete in its purpose. When the apostles are then fed and when they do the feeding. The purpose of the resurrection is that Jesus is now alive. And its purpose is that the world shall get to know about this. That means we need to be fed and we need to be feeding other people. The purpose of the resurrection will be incomplete if we do not help sheep. Christian people feed on the apostles' teaching. In that sense, the resurrection is only complete in its purpose when Christian people are being properly fed. If that's true, if that's true, there is a huge tragedy across the world. Because if that's true, it means that in countless places, the full purpose of the resurrection is falling short. Because God's people are failing to be fed and failing to feed others And helping God's people. And therefore to grow in their faith. In the living Lord. Of the first Easter Sunday. We need to be being fed. We need to be growing in our Bibles. Feeding on the apostles teaching. Complete resurrection. Yes. Three appearances. Eyewitness accounts. They're there. Now what? What? feed feed, feed yourself and feed others let's pray together Lord Jesus thank you that there is no doubt no doubt at all that you came back physically from the dead with a physical body and uh, a body that encourages us to look ahead to a new heaven and a new earth and to look ahead with excitement and expectation. Lord, thank you that the three appearances that we see here in John's Gospel In his account, this is simply complete. And will then be completed in its purpose. As the apostles are taught. And as the apostles teach us through our Bibles. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be people who take your word seriously. Who read it. Love it. Seek to understand it and seek to grow in our commitment to it, we pray. For your name's sake. Amen.